flagship team and others, they kind of rolled their eyes like, all right, yeah, you're going to go short. Um, so 11.15, I will be done in uh, 18, 19 minutes. So Colossians, Colossians 3 gives us, as well as other places in the New Testament, what it's like, the difference uh, that is in our lives because of Christ. And who gets the credit for the change in our life is Christ. If you look at the end of uh, verse 11, Christ is all and in all. We didn't read verse 12 of Colossians 3, but look at verse 12 with me. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and then gives a list that's similar to the fruit of the Spirit in, in Galatians 5. So, putting off, renewing our mind, and putting on all because of our position in Christ. I'm not going to preach something new. I'm going to give us a review uh, today, which is why uh, we can go short. Uh, So, Romans, go back to Romans 6 now. Uh, In Romans 6, um, I'm going to review uh, verses 2 to 19, and I have a chart for those who love uh, visual aid, and uh, you can hopefully remember uh, Romans 6 a little bit better and the progression uh, that it has. So, on the, on the left side of the chart that you'll see um, is uh, more detail on the right side. If you can get just the right side of the chart, that would be excellent to understand uh, Romans 6. If you and I struggle with sin, and if we are trying to help those who think, as Christians, I have to sin, Romans 6 is the passage. If you have one passage to go to, there are many others, like Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4, but Romans 6 is the passage to help uh, you if you think, I have to sin. Often as we help and we, we think in lives, we, we get these uh, blinders on our, our, our uh, mentally that we only see one or two choices. And one of those choices, I just have to sin. And often, uh, and you never have to sin as a Christian, ever. Why don't we have to sin? Because where sin abounds, what, what abounds more? Grace. God promises grace to the Christian that they can't conclude, I can continue in sin that grace may abound. No, that's not the direction Paul's heading in, in the end of Romans 5. Yes, we inherit sin from Adam. Yes, we struggle with sin in Romans 7 till the day we die. But no one has to sin as a Christian. No one can tell us as a Christian, if they are claiming to be a Christian, I have to sin. Why? Because of Romans 6. We have God's grace. You don't have to give in to temptation. 1 Corinthians 10 says what? There's a way to escape. Why? Because God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted greater than you're able. It seems at times that you are tempted more than you're able. Yes, in your flesh, you're always going to be tempted more than you're able, but not in the Spirit. And as Christians, we can walk in the Spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh, so that we don't give in to sin, so that we don't continue in sin thinking, I'll just get more grace. No. No, we can't live this way. And so, to, to summarize uh, Romans 6 
18, which we saw last week, uh, we have two choices, two options on God's earth, be a slave to sin or be a slave to Jesus. Um, And a lot of what he's going to say after and what Colossians and Ephesians writes um, is written after Romans 6. So what we read in Colossians 3 is written after what Paul writes in Romans 6. To put more meat on the bones of what he says about to Christians who are slaves to Jesus, this is how you need to live now that you are a slave to Jesus, and it's wonderful to be a slave to Jesus. The illustration of the position where God gives us illustrations is verse 19, when we're slaves of sin, all we got from our master uh, he abused us. He used. He wanted us to use our bodies, every part of our body, from our heart to our mind to our actions, our hands, our feet, our mouth, our eyes. Everything uh, was headed in the direction of impurity, uncleanness, uh, and our lives were um, looking like more and more lawlessness. And then verse 19 says, but let's just read verse 19. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. He gives the negative illustration. It's so that he can present the positive. It's not so that we'll dwell on the negative. So the positive of our position, we are slaves of our righteous Savior. We are free to do right and are being changed to be like our Holy Savior. One of the best verses in Romans is Romans 8, 29 and 30, where it says that we are being conformed into the image of our Savior. Why are we saved? We are saved to be conformed into the image of our Savior. What happens when a Christian doesn't want to be conformed to the image of our Savior? Then God has to discipline that person. Because all the grace of to be conformed is given by our Savior at the moment of our salvation, and we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, and the rest of the New Testament tells us about that transformation process. But we have to see ourselves as slaves of our righteous Savior. We have to self-identify, and only humble people would self-identify as slaves of a righteous master. Proud people aren't going to want to be slaves of anybody. I'm my own boss. Okay, but that's not Christianity. That's a typical unsaved response. But for the Christian, Paul's helping us to see our new position is under our righteous Savior, and He has a plan for us that leads to our holiness, leads to our sanctification at the end of verse 19. So, a chart to help us to understand, all right? If you want a copy of this, I'll give you a copy of this chart. And so, what we're going to do is go back to Romans 2, or 6, 2 to 4, and if you, uh, we're not going to have time to read all of Romans 6 again, uh, but what you'll see on, I just did a summary, okay? Up here at the top, before Christ, we are slaves to sin. In the middle column, and all of this are opposites of this, okay? So, all of this is what we, because we are, because we are, um, dead in trespasses and sins, because we are outside of Christ, we are slaves to our sin, our sin, sinful master, all right? But now that we are in Christ, we are a slave to God, and you'll see in Christ's language throughout Romans 6, which is why I chose that as the title uh, for a new position, all right? 
And if you don't remember anything from the chart, if you want to write something down from the chart, the right column, okay? And just the right column will help you to understand the progress of thoughts. And now Romans is very uh, progressive. It's very logical. One thing leads to another thing, which leads to another thing. So what I tried to do is take the truth from Romans 6, 2 to 4 and come up with a summary statement, all right? So progression of thoughts in Romans 6. It starts with an emphasis on our new position, and if you look at Romans 6, 2 to 4, you'll see that we are in Christ. We're in Christ. This is a new position. Every time, every, everyone who comes to Christ and turns from their sin and trusts Christ alone by faith in Romans 4 and 5, everyone from Abraham, everyone in the Old Testament, everyone in the New Testament, uh, we are in a new position, and that position is uh, in Christ. So this is a new position. So the new position leads... Two, how do we view our old self, our body of sin? Well, we're dead to sin. We're alive to God. Sometimes, to make the chart uh, parallel, I'm taking the opposite of what's written. Sometimes both sides are written, like verse 19 has both sides uh, here. Uh, but the old self, our body of sin, is in control. We have sympathy and pity and compassion on those who are outside of Christ and before Christ. This is how they live. Why are they sinning? Why are they coming up with more sin? Why are they inventing sin? Why are they laughing at sin? Why are they watching a Super Bowl halftime show and thinking that's great? And we are disgusted by it because they're outside of Christ. See, their, their old self, their body of sin is in control. They have to sin. But we as Christians, we're dead to sin. So when we watch sin, it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't, that's not entertaining anymore. Why? Because we're dead to sin. Why are we dead to sin? Because we're alive to God, all right? And that's Romans 6, 5 to 11. And this new position leads to new relations. I don't look at sin the same way an unsaved person looks at sin. An unsaved person thinks sin's no big deal. A Christian says, eh, no, I, I, can't, I can't justify sin. In my life, as a church, we can't allow sin uh, to go un, unconfessed or unrepented of. And so, because we have a new relation, we're dead to sin. We're alive to God. That's Romans 6, 5 to 11. Then Romans 6, 12 to 14. Because our old self, the body of sin, is in control, what's our life look like? It looks like sinful passions. It looks like unrighteousness. And these sinful passions and unrighteousness have this whip in his hand, and that whip is the law. Now, there's nothing wrong with God's law, but when you are given yourself, your old self, the body of sins in control, the law is extremely uncomfortable and painful. Talk to someone who's in sin about their particular sin and watch how uncomfortable they get very, very fast. Why? Because the law is meant to lead people to Christ, if we use it lawfully, right? But whenever you try to obey it, and there are so many people in sin trying desperately to obey the Ten Commandments, and they are just so frustrated. It's like someone running into a wall over and over and over and over again, and they say, oh, this wall is so hard. It's, it's making my nose bloody. It's making my... my I'm having trouble breathing because it knocks me out of breath. Every time I come up against God's law, it takes the wind out of me. Yeah. 
right? Because the law is not meant to be stairs leading to heaven. It's meant to lead you to put your faith in Christ alone who only obeyed the law. That's Romans 4 and 5, and you can't obey the law. So, what is a person's life like if their body of sin, their self is in control while they're giving themselves over to sinful passions? Their life is characterized by unrighteousness, and the law makes them feel incredibly uncomfortable to the point where a lot of people around us are almost ignorant of God's law. I would say willingly ignorant of God's law. They don't want to read the Bible. They don't want to be exposed as sinners. They would just assume to be uh, not know what God's Word says. However, for the Christian, Romans 6, 12 to 14 says, we are free to present our body to God. See how this person is definitely not free, and the bondage just seems to be getting worse, and here we're free to present our body to God. So, a new position leads to new relations, leads to, and this new relation focuses on a new master. You can see how we're in a new position. We're in Christ. That's great. Now we look at sin and God differently. And now, because we're in this new position, God's going to reveal to us, you actually have a new master. You are free from sin. You're free to give your body, every part of you, to God to, to, for Him to use for His glory. You have a new relation. Now it focuses on a new master. And then I, I combined 15 to 19 because they have one one big theme, which is why there's only one box here. So, 15 to 17, which we saw two weeks ago, obeying sin leads to death, and then obeying God leads to righteousness. And then uh, last week, we saw a slave to sin, constant impurity, and growing lawlessness. Here, we're free from sin. We're slaves of righteousness, and there's a growing holiness. You can see how these things are opposite. Paul does this for us so that we would have language to go with actions, that we would have things. It's almost like um, if we were going to put a drywall on the wall, we have screws to hold the drywall in place. And those screws get hidden, but what Paul's showing us here is there is a way to hold these spiritual truths in place. And God's truth is like screws that hold uh, these, uh, this, um, our position in Christ, help us to understand it, help us to explain it to other people. And help us to walk in newness of life. Now, I want you to compare, in conclusion here, I want you to compare verse um, 4 with the end of verse 19. All right, so he starts with, Christ was raised from the dead, and I'm going to look at the end of verse 4. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see that newness of life? Now, compare that with where he's headed in verse 19. So don't present yourselves as slaves to impurity, lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification, holiness. It's a new life, a new way of thinking. So we have these like bookends, this new positions leading us toward a new newness of life. What's that new life look like? It has new relations, a new master, and new life of holiness. So if a Christian says, I, I, I just have to sin. Can't do it. You have three allies. I have three allies. Every Christian has three allies, and we have three enemies. The New Testament tells us. We have to, to be a Christian, we have to submit to Jesus as Lord. 
We don't make him Lord, we submit to him as Lord. We don't accept him or receive him, we acknowledge that he is Lord. We put ourselves under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's salvation, okay? And when we do that, that's faith in Romans 4. That's when God counts Jesus' righteousness as our righteousness. And as we submit to Jesus as Lord, we have three allies. We have God's Word before you. What is the opposite of God's Word? Well, I'm going to give you all three, and then I'll give you the opposite. Will you submit to Jesus' Word before you? We all have Jesus' Word. He expects us to be obedient to the written Word of God. And if we will, we're on this path that leads to growing holiness, a new life. We have to submit to Jesus' Spirit in us. Every single one of us has Jesus' Spirit in us. And then submitting to Jesus' body, the local church around us. So, what's opposite of around you? Instead of before you had the church, you had, you're part of the world. The world's telling you to defy God's Word, to disobey, give yourself over to whatever. And so, the local church is opposite of the world, telling us opposite things than what the world's telling us if we're following Jesus' Spirit and Jesus' Word. Opposite of Jesus' Spirit in you, what else is in you? Your flesh, your deceitful heart. Don't listen to your deceitful heart. And then Jesus' Word before you, opposite of Jesus' Word is likely Satan. Has God really said? Doesn't it feel harsh that? See, opposite of our allies, our enemies, that we know we cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices because we have God's Word. How do we fight Satan? With the Word of God. How do we fight our flesh? With listening to God's Spirit. And then how do we fight the world and all the pressures from the world? We have a local church. And submitting to the church, submitting to Jesus' Spirit, and submitting to Jesus' Word are the allies that every Christian has. And this is why we intentionally spend time in the Word. This is why we intentionally tell you, walk in the Spirit. This is why we say, you need to be in the local church and submit to the leadership of the local church if those those people are helping you to be like Christ. And uh, after I pray, we'll sing our closing song, and after we sing a closing song, um, those who are not members are uh, going to ask you to be uh, dismissed, and the coffee is ready, uh, ready for you to enjoy. Those who are not, uh, those who are members that are out in the um, overflow, we need you to come in here because the sound is not going to be out there. So every, all the members need to be here. Only members here, um, and your young children will be cared for uh, while we have our second um, second uh, business meeting here. Let's let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for the progression that Paul helps us to see thousands of years ago, and how so relevant uh, that truth is today. Give us the grace we need to agree with you against what our heart says, against what Satan says, and against what the world says. Help us to listen to your word, help us to listen to your spirit, and help us to listen uh, to your church as they walk with you and the wisdom that you've given um, your church uh, today. Thank you for your truth. Give us the grace to obey it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.